You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Hosanna! Right? Hosanna in the highest. Uh, And so, um, as we gather to worship today, that's the word that's going to come up over and over and over. It's Hosanna, which really means to save us now, to liberate us, to to free us from war, to free us from battle, to free us from, from all of the yuck that's going on around us. And we hear that word on Palm Sunday, right? And so we, we have in our mind that that must be a Palm Sunday word. That, that must be the time that we get to hear it, and really we know it because it's one of the few times that the Bible doesn't translate, or the, that doesn't translate it into English, right? We still get the Greek word, so you all get to know a little Greek today. Hosanna! Woohoo! Right? So that's why we remember that, because it's in a different language. But this is not the first time that God's people have been crying out, save us, deliver us, free us from our enemies. So the Greek word is Hosanna, but it comes from the Hebrew word Yasha. So shall we cry out Yasha today? Yasha! All right, now, okay, now who's in, let's see if we can divide all of you today, right? We love being divisive. Who's in the Hosanna camp? Who thinks Hosanna is more fun to say? Who thinks Yasha is more fun to say? Right? I love Yasha, right? It doesn't matter, right? We don't need to, um, they both mean the same thing. Save us from our battles, right? And so that Yasha, that, that word in Hebrew is, is used over 200 times in the Old Testament. Uh, most often, Yasha is cried out by David in the Psalms. Uh, David was trying to flee from Saul for a lot of his life because David was going to be the new king, the, the old king. Saul didn't love that, and so there were times where Saul would try and kill David, and so David cried out, Lord, save me. But then David became king, and then there were, uh, there were nations around him that were trying to destroy the Israelites, and so uh, David would cry out, Yasha, from the Amalekites, save us from the Amalekites, save us from the Philistines, Lord, save us. And so this cry of God save us has been around for thousands of years. And so today I want you to think about what's your cry of Yasha? What's your cry of Hosanna? What what is it that that today you are crying out that Jesus would save you from? And so just take 10 seconds and just consider what is it that I would, if I were to cry out Hosanna, if I were to cry out Yasha today, what do I need saving from? Just take 10 seconds. So this cry of Yasha, this cry of God save us, was, has been around for a long time, and it's still even here today. But what about with Jesus? Why, why were the disciples, why were the crowds crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest? Why were they crying out, God save me? Well, God's people, Israel, had gotten so used to God getting them out of difficult situations. It wasn't just David that God got out of difficult situations, but if you go all the way back to Israel being in Egypt in slavery for 400 years, 
right? God's people were crying out, Yesha, save us. And so God heard them. He heard their cries, and so He sent Moses to deliver them out of Egypt. And Moses, through, uh, through his conversations with Pharaoh, and, but really through the Ten Commandments or the Ten Plagues uh, that God sent through Moses, the Israelites were released from slavery, and then they were, they, they were then eventually led, it took a while, it took 40 years, but eventually led into that promised land, the land that had been promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And finally, God's people are in the promised land, and they're, the, every once in a while, there are nations around them that come after them, and so they cry out, Yasha. But then, Israel's in two different nations, a little while, uh, quite a while later. There's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and, and Assyria, they come, and uh, because God's people aren't doing what they're supposed to do, Assyria comes in and takes the northern kingdom into captivity. And then a, will, a little while later, Babylon comes in and takes the southern kingdom into captivity, and now all of God's people are in captivity, and they cry out, Yasha! And so then about 70 years after the southern kingdom was taken into captivity, God sends a Savior, and it's actually Persia. Right? It's, not, it's not some great king, some great leader that's, that's uh, from the Israelites, it's, it's the people of Persia, and they overthrow the Babylonians, and then they send God's people back to their promised land. And so, they've, they've been crying out Yesha for many years, and now we get to Jesus' day. And Jesus, uh, as He's starting His ministry, and He spends three years in ministry here on this earth, uh, at about that time, the Israelites, God's people, have been under Roman control for a hundred years, right? And so, God's people have been looking for that deliverer, looking for that person who will, like God has done in the past, bring them out of Roman control, bring them out of oppression from the people around them. And so they cry out, Yesha, Hosanna, God, save us. God, you came through in the past so many times, it's time to do it again. But this isn't the first time. That the, that the Jewish, the Israelite people have tried to get Jesus into this role. Uh, earlier in his ministry, after he had fed 5,000 people, 5,000 men, plus women and children, so tens of thousands of people, he fed them with five loaves of bread and two fish. And shortly after this, we read this in John chapter 6, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, after they saw that he could multiply five loaves of bread into two, and two fish into food for tens of thousands of people with baskets left over, surely they, be, they began to say, surely this is the prophet. This is the one who is to come into the world. This is our Savior. This is the one who's going to Hosanna us. This is the one who's going to Yesha us from, from Rome. But Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make Him king by force, withdrew again to a mountainside by himself. Jesus knew that they wanted him to set up his earthly kingdom, and that wasn't his plan. That wasn't why he was here, but we see the people start to get desperate. We see the people start to, start to really hone in on this Jesus must be the guy. It must be Jesus who's going to, who's going to overthrow the Roman government, right? Here's this, here's this miracle worker who has done such great things. He has, he has healed people. He has, he has allowed people who are crippled to, He's given them the ability to walk. 
He's opened the ears of the deaf. He's opened the, the eyes of the blind. He's even raised people from the dead. Right? All these people are gathered uh, on this Palm Sunday. They're gathered because so many of them heard that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He must be the one. He's the one that's going to come and save us from the Romans. Hosanna in the highest. And so they, they cry out Hosanna. They cry out God save. And at the same time, they lay down palm branches as they lead Him into Jerusalem. And these palm branches, and, and it was part of that first song as we sang, these palm branches are signs of victory. Because I don't know about you, but the only way I'm climbing up a palm tree is if I've won something. Right? To get all the way up there to get those palm fronds down, uh, I must have won something. Right? But, but these are signs of victory, and they are waving in, in the air as they us, usher Jesus into Jerusalem because they know, they're confident that Jesus is getting ready to do what they think Jesus is getting ready to do, to overthrow the Romans. Right? And so they lay down these palm branches and usher Him in to Jerusalem. It's like they're saying, Jesus, get the hint. We love all the great stuff that you've done for the last three years, but now it's time to do what we want you to do. Now it's time to overthrow the Roman government. You've got so many people at, at, on, on your side. You've got so many people behind you. We're ready to fight for you. Let's go. Let's take down the Romans. You can hear, you can hear the desperation in their voice. Matthew 21's account, as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, they're crying out, Hosanna, son of David. And that son of David designation is he's the guy, right? Son of David, they know from the prophecies that, he will, that, that the Messiah will be of the line of David. And so as they start calling out son of David, they're saying he's the guy. He's the one that's going to overthrow the Romans. But then in, in John 12, which we read earlier, they're saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the, Lord, in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Right? They are so excited that this king, this one, he's the one that's going to come and overthrow the Roman government. We can hear the desperation in our voice, and we know that it's desperation because these shouts of Hosanna, these shouts of praises, these waving of the palm branches, that excitement changes really quickly. Because in just a few days, they figure out that this Jesus isn't doing what they, they want this Jesus to do. And so the, the shouts of Hosanna change to different shouts in just a few days. And, and what are they crying out on Thursday night and Friday morning? Crucify Him. The shouts change from God save us to crucify Him because He must not be the one. Because He's not doing what we wanted Him to do. And again, they're, they're used to God getting them out of trouble. They're used to God doing what they want them to do, to saving them from their oppressors, right? Again, this, this is not a new thing, right? In Judges, we see this circle over and over again. We're just going to look at three examples, but the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot their Lord, their God, and they served the Baals and the Asherahs. And so they sinned, and then God sends judgment on them. God sends an oppressor. And so then they, they confess their sins, and then God sends a judge to, to bring them out of that oppression. And so in this instance, God sends Othniel to, to bring the Israelites out of that oppression. Look, Judges chapter 3, verse 7. 
Let's go forward five verses. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And because they did this evil, the Lord gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel. So again, they're sinning again. They're doing what they want to do. And then God sends some judgment. God sends Eglon, king of Moab, to overthrow them. And then they confess. And God sends Ehud to, watch, to, to bring them out of their oppression. Chapter 4. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord now that Ehud was dead. So just after Ehud dies, now they're like, let's do what, this seems fun, let's do what we want to do again. They sin, God sends judgment, God sends, uh, they, they, they then confess their sins, and this time God sends Deborah to bring them out of their captivity, out of the control of four nations. And so they cry out, and we cry out, Hosanna, Yashah. Over and over, this is the entire story of the book of Judges. It's just the same story over and over and over. It feels like a hundred times, right? And so, the, the Israelites are used to, when they cry out Hosanna, that God hears them and He delivers them from their enemies. But Jesus is different here because Jesus wants God's people to realize it's not the Romans that you need delivered from, it's your sin. It's what gets you in trouble in the first place. You don't need delivered from another foreign army. You need delivered from yourselves and from your choices of doing what is right in your own eyes. You need to see the bigger picture. It's not, it's not a rescue from Rome that you need. It's a rescue from your sin. And that's the same for us today. I don't know about you, but as I've been watching news and scrolling through Twitter and well, looking on Facebook and things like that. Uh, I know it's not just been the last two weeks, but it feels like the last two weeks have been an absolute mess. An absolute mess. And so it's very easy for me to cry out, Hosanna, God save me from the mess out there. Hosanna, God save me from the yuck. God save me from this or that or this person or that person. Hosanna, Yesha, save me from the out there. But Jesus did not come to save me from the out there. Jesus did not come to save you from the out there. Jesus came to save each and every one of us from the in here. Jesus came to save you and me from our sin, from the, the mess that causes the yuck, because it's not just out there, right? Right? It's in each and every one of us. And so today, you can cry out, Hosanna. You can cry out, God, save me. But that, that salvation, that Hosanna, that is not to be saved from the political mess around us. That's not to be saved from the, the moral mess around us. That's not to be saved from the physical mess around us. That is to be saved from me and my selfishness and my moral yuck and my physical yuck and all of my sin. So today, I cry out and you cry out, Hosanna. Can we cry out Hosanna together? Hosanna! Right? Hosanna! Lord, save me. And that's the beauty of this week. 
we get to watch how God saves us. Right? That Jesus rode in to Jerusalem on a donkey. He rode in knowing that he was riding to his death. He was not riding in in some political uh, masterpiece to, to rally the troops to overthrow the Romans. He was riding in to overthrow sin, death, and the devil for you. And so as we cry out, Hosanna, as we cry out, God save us, we can also wave palm branches, that sign of victory in the air, because Jesus has already won the victory. And so as we walk with Him on Thursday, and as we, as we get to partake in that new covenant that, that He gives to us, the, the new covenant in His blood, which is shed for us the forgiveness of sins, as we get to, to taste and see that the Lord is good, as we get to follow Jesus then on to Friday as He willingly chooses to be arrested, as He willingly chooses to allow Himself to be beaten, as He willingly chooses to allow Himself to be hung on the cross, because at any point He could have said, no, I'm not having it. I don't want to do this. This is too hard. But he, He chooses to stay on the cross. And one of my favorite verses is Hebrews 12, 2. This says, come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Right? Jesus didn't just hang up on that cross for the fun of it. Jesus hung on that cross, and, in the, and as He was doing that, He was picturing you. You are the joy that is set before Him. He knew that, that doing that, hanging on the cross, was for you. And because of that, He could spend eternity with you. And then, and then we continue to follow Jesus into the grave on Saturday. And, and again, we get to celebrate baptism on Saturday because we are baptized into His death. And because we are baptized into His death, we know that we will too be raised to new life just as He is risen from the grave. And that's what we celebrate on Sunday. Because there are a lot of people who have died. And there are a lot of people who have died even for other people. There's only one who is risen. There's only one who is still alive after dying. And it's Jesus. And the empty tomb is that picture that He did all of this for you and has power over sin, death, and the devil, that He has won the victory. And so today we can at the same time cry out, Hosanna, God save us, and wave palm branches in the air knowing that He has already won the victory over sin, death, and the devil for you and for me. Amen? Amen. Amen.